That's funny. You know, people listening to this would be like, yeah, G-Man, cracking a cold one. That's right. Spindrift, bro. Spindrift. Sparkling water, mister. With, yeah. a, with a hint of grapefruit. Oh, my God. What are we freaking, what's wrong with this? Yeah. That's you, know, you know, like half the technicians that were listening to this right now just say, like, I'm out. They're tuning out. They're yeah, like, it's out. over. It's over. Yeah. Hey, I'm Coach Jay. I'm the G-Man. We've built this podcast for the hardworking men and women of the automotive community. Some of you will listen and be entertained. Others will listen and apply. Our purpose is to provide both. Welcome to the Hard Shop Life. G-Man, welcome back, G, to the man. What's up, Coach Jay? Hey, man, it's, you know, living the dream. Another night of hard shop life hard shop life hard shop life today it was a hard shop life was it <laughs> it was a hard shop life today oh, man <laughs> tell me about it maybe not for me but it was definitely a hard shop for them gosh <laughs> this coronavirus thing the it's, coronavirus it's gotten real all right so what do we got going on today g-man so today i had an idea because i had a a, a situation at the dealer we were at and or i was at today and um we were talking about the difference between like a kind of a natural born salesperson and um, somebody who has who has to learn that skill that's not born with that talent. And it was funny because I immediately thought of you and I because you and I are so different mm -hmm. and, you know, you have a lot of natural talent for that. And I do not. I, it, for me, it was always a, something that I had to learn, steps that I had to learn. And so it kind of took me back to when I was an advisor and the struggles that I had. Um, and I was talking with a couple of guys who were going through that exact same thing. I was trying to help them out with it. And I thought it might be good uh, good topics for us. So the way I thought about it is it probably would be best if you opened and kind of talked about what you were going through as an advisor. Like what, you know, what was your, what was your routine? How did you go about making a sale? Like, you know, how, how much did you, let's start with this. Like you have a customer rolling up, you want to make a sale. What do you do? How much preparation do you do? How much do you think about it? Like what goes into that, into that, making that deal? So when I first started, I thought that I could just wing it mm -hmm. and that my charisma and my smile and all this thing could, could, could convince people that. You know, I knew what I was talking about and I was there to take care of them. I'm like, yeah, I got it all in control. And come to find out I was I was I was only associating with people that were like me. And I learned mm. I yeah, it was it was honestly, it was like everybody likes working with people that are themselves. Right. 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 So, you know, <clears throat> being disc disc certified, everything disc or MBS, whatever you use out there as a personality thing. <clears throat> We notice that there's like four quadrants of kind of people, right? Mm -hmm. There's like the, the dominants who are the direct people. There are those who are the extroverts and they like to talk a lot. There's those who are steadiness who are kind of like more, you know, reserved or whatever. And then you have the guys that are like really analytical, like, oh, you know. Right. And so I would always feel like it was easier for me. You know, anytime I would come up to bat, I was I would hit one out of four. And I came to find out that I'm really – doing well with people who I familiarize myself with who are like me. Mm. So I had to start studying and, and, and yeah, I mean, it was a combination of two things. One, identifying the system that I was going to, 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 to follow 
right? Because you had the you got to do the walk around, you got to prepare, you mm-hmm. got to do this, you got to check the history. You got I did all those things, mm-hmm. and then the other part of it was really preparing your mindset to go. Okay, I need to study the person. Right, 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 right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I had to really go, okay, what is the mood of the person? Mirroring. All these things that really were beneficial for me, right? And I got to tell you, I thought I had it until they offered. So when at the dealership that I was in, um, I got to commend it. It was an amazing automotive group. It's still probably, you know, a top three uh, in my books of the best places to work on the planet. This automotive group... Um, at the moment, at, at that time, the fixed operations director, director made an announcement and said, look, <clears throat> we're, we're offering anybody that would like to go and do the Dale Carnegie course. We're willing to send you to this Carnegie, Dale Carnegie course, and here's how we would do it. You pay for it, and once you graduate and get your certificate, we'll reimburse you 50%. Wow. So they were willing to like do that. So I said, mm-hmm. I'm all into it. So of course you get there and the first thing they give you is the um, how to win friends and influence people. Right. How mm-hmm. to make friends, whatever. His, yeah, his most famous book. Probably. Right. It's really ridiculously good. And so I started learning. And one of the th- one of my things that, that really struck to me is they were going to teach me ways to remember people's names because I am the worst with names. Mm. And so I learned that system. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had the other system down where you go up and greet the customer. You mm-hmm. do the walk around. You get in. You 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 get the mileage. You get the you know, the things that a service advisor would do. But what I started noticing is the impact I would have by reading the person. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I I saw that. It's weird because when I talk to service advisors now, we, we look at each other and we know that we're cut from the same cloth. It's like it's like it's like you're a Jedi, I'm a Jedi, we're Jedi's. <laughs> right, right. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Like I I can I can I know what you're doing and I see what you're doing, right? And so when you say it was natural, yes, I had one part of it that was natural. Yep. The other part of it was was it easier for me? Yes and no. Because I had to prepare in a way that might have been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I was outgoing. I was somebody that was personable. Mm-hmm. I could talk to any stranger, right? But then there were people on the other side of the service drive that were different, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was successful because I used my strengths continuously of being able to interact with people and reading them and body language and all that stuff where I can make things click. It made it look really easy. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So I so that's I think the big difference is, you know, so you say, okay, well, I came in and I could probably close one out of four people, you know, so you get a twenty five percent. Oh, that was a first bro. Just yeah, yeah just but, like just yeah. using your nothing, right? Just charisma, smile, and right. your natural born right. gifts, right? Right, right. And so that's the thing, that's the difference. So somebody like me and these two gentlemen that I talked to earlier could close zero out of four people. Using oh. our natural born talents, okay, it, because it's it's a different thing. So so like we weren't born with that skill, you know that that thing that makes you an extrovert that you know makes you want to connect with people. I mean right. that's really what you've been brilliant at, and um, and so it's something you have to work at, and that's a whole different thing. And so a lot of guys get discouraged because they would say, oh well, you know I'm not I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a natural born salesperson. Or, you know, I'm not a natural born leader, you know, that's for somebody else. But the truth is, these are all skills that you can learn. And once you figure that out, 
then life becomes a lot easier because I could read a repair manual and tell you how to fix a car, right? And when I bought my first house and wanted to build a deck, I found a book on how to build a deck. It's like the repair manual for how to build a deck, right? Yeah. And I built a deck. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so it's the same thing. You want to learn how to sell and how to influence people. That book is fantastic. First of all, how to win friends and influence people. Yep. But that's the repair manual for that skill. You know, that is these steps for yeah. how to do it. And agreed. And you can learn it and you can advance your career. So, you know, we were talking about that today. I remember my GM telling me this. The single lowest um uh form or single lowest financial transaction is um time for money. Right? So you only will have so much time. Everybody only has so much time. So when you're exchanging time for money, you work and you get paid by the hour, right? That's time for money. You work and you get paid flat rate. That's still time for money. There's really you're gonna only be so efficient. There's only so many hours in the day, and so you really max out your your potential, you know, because you only have so much time. But with as an advisor, you can then scale above that because now it's no longer based on time. Now you have to be there a certain amount of time. But the truth of the matter is. You know, you'll get a lot done in a few hours. You can sell ten thousand dollars worth of work in four hours a day, right? And maybe sometimes less. And so you can, your income is not as dependent upon that. And so if you're a tech or you're somebody that's doing some sort of physical job, and you're you want to, you're at that end of your career because that's what happened to me is I got to the end and I needed something else. I needed to advance my career, and the really the next logical step was to become a service advisor. And uh, if you're in that place, you you know you have to understand that if you don't feel like you have the skills to do that, you can learn those things. Those things are available to you, um, and there are things that you can put in place to help you. So you know, for example, so I'm not an extrovert. I need to find an icebreaker generally. You know, I can't walk up and just kind of manufacture conversations. It's not as easy for me. So I have to plan that ahead of time. If I want to be successful at it. So, you know, I see guys all the time skipping the walk around. These two guys in particular that I talked to today, they're skipping the walk around. And I'm like, you're doing yourself a disservice because that's your opportunity to break the ice and bond with the customer. You know, whereas you do that naturally, we need something, some sort of a fixed point in order to do that. Um, Turning the wheel, the tire, right? So now the tire is out. That's a great point to start the conversation. You know, hey, I'm going to get your VIN, your miles. Now I'm going to come out and I'm going to look at the tire and we're going to go over the tire. But it starts the conversation and the connection between me and the customer. I might try to throw some sort of personal tidbit in there. But no matter what, if I stay focused on the car, at least I'm having a conversation and building some sort of rapport. So I agree with you. And I'm going to tell you that what I see most often with these introvert advisors and, and, and look, there's going to be some people here that say, oh, probably they're probably the wrong people in the wrong position, position. I used to think that, and I was wrong. And the reason I was wrong is because everybody, if you follow the process, your personality, the way you are, will shine in a different way that will really connect with yeah, it'll the come, customer. It'll come out. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be. And that's the thing. I, I I agree with you. Like they say, well, you're in the wrong seat on the bus. Right. No. Why can't I? 
Like, why am I programmed to be the laborer? I don't have to be that guy. I could be somebody else. I agree. You're absolutely right. I agree. It's it's like um, when I was writing service, you were there, right? Mm-hmm. When I was writing service with Joey, Joey mm-hmm. and I are complete opposites. Oh, yeah. That guy was super quiet. Yeah. He was super reserved, super to himself. Oh, you know, you want to. I mean, he would talk even like you'd almost whisper. Right? Yeah. And I was like, Joey, how the heck? But I'll tell you what. I don't know dude, how the heck he was an advisor. That, he could barely talk. Bro, but that dude can sell. And he somehow he broke through to people. And they ended up like really trusting him yeah. and really connecting with him. And he, he, I mean, he's still where we were because he really based everything off of that connection he made with people just being, hey, you're going to be my car guy. And yeah, you know, I'm going to take care of you. He just seemed wholesome enough and trustworthy enough in his manner and demeanor mm-hmm. and and process he was very processed it was the same thing over and over and over again i i used to look at him and go man i get bored just watching you, you do the same thing over and over and he's like bro that's what we're supposed to do right right <laughs> right like, i'm like you like come on every time car pulls up he grabs his clipboard grabs a hang tag yep. walks on out mm-hmm. and he's how you doing? I see you're in for service. I was right. I mean, everything. He mm-hmm. was so diligent in his process, mm-hmm. right? But that's me. I do exactly the same oh, thing because man. because to me, there's there was too much fear in trying to wing it, you know. And I'm not that guy. I'm not. I'm not going to be the life of the party. I'm not going to be the great conversationalist. Like I, if I, I, I love talking with people and talking about what I know and what I'm familiar with and all, and that's fine. But in general, I'm an introvert. I don't want, I don't want to go somewhere where I don't know people. I just, it's just not what I, what I feel comfortable with. And so it put it thrust into that environment where now your career is dependent upon that skill. You have to develop steps as almost like a safety net. Yeah. Right? I have this fixed point. I know this is going to happen next. I know this is here. And it gives you a path, you know, something to talk about. And it works. The other thing is it works. Yeah. You that, can sell from that, you know? I, I, I have to agree with you 100%. And the thing is, is that I, I was even told this before, or I, I've experienced this before. It's like being hot or cold. It's like people would rather have somebody be consistent mm-hmm. than up and down. I yep. mean, how many times did we have advisors? I've seen times. I'm like, this guy is, man, you had three great months. And like all of a sudden, you've just like lost it. Yeah. Like, dude, you're just one thing after the another. It's just, mm-hmm. dude, what is wrong with this guy, right? It's almost like being bipolar. I'm not saying that anybody wasn't or was bipolar. I'm just saying like you got that guy who's just the, the tortoise. Yep. The tortoise and the hare. That's really a good mm-hmm. comparison, bro. The tortoise and the hare, right? Mm-hmm. And in the long run, I think most managers would prefer prefer the tortoise. Well, yeah, you get the hare in your shop, you know, to use your analogy, and and uh, and you're right. It's a roller coaster ride. You know, top, we all know top performing advisors is very difficult to manage. And I'm sorry if you're a top performing advisor out there. It's just a, a st- st- statistical reality. It, it just is. Um, I was a nightmare. You were a nightmare. I was a nightmare. Vicky, Vicky that saw the hardest time. Nightmare. But at the end of the day, the, you 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 deal with it because of their performance level and their high performance. But just like you do not want a shop full of A technicians, you just you don't need a shop full of A. You need different levels of tech. Right. Right. You have to have that. 
And um, the same way in the service drive, you need some top performers because they're the ones that are going to kind of set the bar. But you also need some guys like me and like these other two guys that can learn that skill and can operate in that middle range. Mm -hmm. You know, they might pop up every once in a while, but for the most part, they're going to be pretty steady right in that middle range because a system is going to deliver a predictable result, Mm -hmm. right? And when you learn the system, you figure it out, you get the predictable result. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to do that. And that, I think, you know, to me, that's a heck of a lot less scary than, you know, trying to change your personality to become Tony Robbins. You know, you're just not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I I, I, I agree with that. Uh, the thing is, is that when you're talking about having a system and having the process – if you just master the process and do it over and over and over and communicate. See, what happens so many times is I see so many advisors that go out and they're doing the steps. They're just not communicating it to the customer. Yeah. And so the customer's just standing there going, I don't know what you're doing. It's like, oh, I'm doing a circus act. Look at me. I'm doing a tr-. That's what they think. The customer literally is going, okay, oh, I got to do a quick walk around. Oh, oh. I don't even know. Let me get on my phone. That's the customer. Right. Let me get on my phone. I don't. I don't yeah. know what that means. I'm going to make myself busy yeah. right now. Yeah. Because you're making me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what you're doing. Right. Instead of telling the customer, look, I'm going to do a walk around. What that means? I'm going to do an inspection of the vehicle, mm-hmm. and I'm going to walk around with it. Why don't you follow me? I'm going to check your tires. I'm going to do this. Every single step of the way should be communication. Should be yep. informed. It should be education. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll never forget one time. My wife for our anniversary, she bought us these super nice spa massages for like an hour and a half, right? The worst massage I ever had. The worst. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. I go into this place and God, it was beautiful. Like all like, I don't know if it was like a Thai massage or something, but it looked very palatial. You know, I was like, oh, you know, and, and you'd go into this room and they have beautiful serenity music and all that stuff, right? And so the lady goes, okay, well, take your clothes off and lay on your stomach. So I'm there, and I'm laying on my stomach. It's dead quiet. I listen to the serenity music. It was nice. Then I hear noises. Well, my head is in this little hole thing mm-hmm. that I can't see anywhere. I don't see. All I hear is music mm-hmm. and a dark kind of sort of room. Well, next thing you know, this person comes in. I hear noises. Who is this? And I literally lock up. My muscles get tight, everything. I'm like, don't, because I don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. So instead of being relaxed, I get tense. And the next thing you know, she starts touching me. And I'm like, oh, like it was weird. And so I hated it because she didn't advise me going, hi, I'm your masseuse. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to whatever. Telling me what you're going to do so that my body can be in. Oh, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And a lot of times they'll they'll leave a hand on you while they're doing something. So they maintain contact. So there isn't this kind of gap of. Uh oh, what just happened? Is it over? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because oh. they don't want them, because you're right, because you get tense when you don't know what's going on because you can't see anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mei Ling didn't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the thing is, that was her name. Her name was Mei Ling. And the thing is, I didn't find out until afterwards after I'm like walking out. Like, a, I mean, I was, it was just, it was just, it was horrible. Absolutely so, horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> So it's funny because I, you, you know, you talk about, I, that was my thing is I had a script and I read it every single time. It was, you know, Hey, welcome to, you know, Anytown Motors. You know, my name is Gary's. How, how can I help you today? 
and they, or, you know, if I had their appointment, oh, I see you're in for your, you know, check in like welcome or welcome back. You know, I had a couple of openers and then, an, um, you know, if they wanted to say anything, I'd, I'd let them kind of go through that. Like, oh yeah, I also got this thing and the thing and I'd make some notes and then I'd say, okay, well, why don't you step out of the car and, uh, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get some information off your car. I'm going to get your VIN, your miles. And then, uh, you and I will do a quick walk around together. Um, and then we'll go into my office or to my desk and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take a look, see what your cars do for today. Okay. And of course they're like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm framing, I'm letting them know ahead of time, this is what's going to happen, right? This is, this is what I'm going to do. Then I get the information and I always say, you know, it looks like, uh, by your miles, looks like you might be due for some maintenance. And they would say, oh, well, what? Well, you know what? Every car is a little bit different just based on the miles. It looks like you might be due for something. So when we go back to my desk, I'll take a look. So I'm planting that seed right then so that my conversation is a heck of a lot easier when I get over there. Like you can do, you know, you're going to do 25% just, you know, just on charm alone. I'm not. So I'm planting that seed to help me get that first 25%, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that helped me to kind of bridge that gap and make my sales pitch a lot easier. Then, you know, then I come out and I go right to the tire. I already turned the wheel, the tire's sticking out, and it's perfect. I go right to that and I get eye contact with the customer and that gets them to come to me. And I start talking about their tire. One of three things, right? It's good, it's feathering and needs an alignment, or it's worn out and needs to be replaced, right? One of those three things are going to happen. But I'm always talking about that tire. And that helps me to gain eye contact with them and start that start them to follow me around the car, right? Mm-hmm. And if you, you don't know, I'm I'm motioning with my hands right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I can see that. You're good with that. <laughs> like like somebody's watching. Um Oh man, I and, and I'll tell you what, I agree with you, but again, emphasis in this conversation, communication. Because there's been t- I've seen certain advisors, which I don't know what it is about them, but they'll do it. They'll have the customer with them, and they're looking, and they're going, hmm, yeah, ooh, and they're like making, they're marking things down. I mean, it makes the customer, I'm like, dude, do you see what you're doing to this person? You're making them look like, ooh, you know, it's like, it's like body shaming them. Yeah. Ooh, your lips are too small. You know, that's how I imagine it. Like somebody just. Well, it, cre- it creates doubt. Like, what do you see? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, are we going to go over that? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, ooh, I see your tires are feathering a little bit. Let me explain to you what that is. Right. I can see you. It's like a show and tell, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I say it all the time, and I, I and we share it when we, when we train and we coach people. It's like, look, you need to educate, inform, and then sell. Right. Right? Educate them. What, is, what are you talking about? Well, let me inform you about what's going on. This is what I see. Let me educate you a little bit on it, and then eventually I'll get the sell. Because right. now I'm empowering you with this knowledge, and you can be like, "Oh, this guy's giving me some good information. I'm sold. Maybe I do need that." Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I agree. That's what I think it's all about. It's communicate, build rapport, and then that's it. You need to uh, you got to inform them about what's what's happening in the car, and then educate them on why it's important, and then and then you just let them know that this is it needs to be done. Right. That's the selling part. Right. You know, right. It is just like, hey, your car, you know, is due for a brake fluid service and, you know, we can get that done this afternoon. So what advice did you give these these in, these introvert gentlemen? Like, Well, I told them the same thing I was saying, like, you know, make sure you have your system, get prepared. You know, um, I was telling them about, you know, framing, make sure they're doing the walk around because that's the thing they're skipping, which is hurting them because they're going from. I can't have a conversation to you to you need to spend $2,000 mm. and that's a hard thing. And it's hard for them to get out because they know it's awkward. It's awkward already. You know, well, I'm not, you're not my buddy. I'm not, I'm not, we're not friends yet. 
and, yeah. and we're trying it. So it's just kind of a weird thing, but you get, you talk to them a little bit about the car while you're at the car doing the walk around, you break the ice. Then when you get to the desk, it's way easier to sell. It's way easier to pitch them, right? Let alone forget about closing them, but just at least pitch it, get it out of your mouth. Um, so I told them, stop skipping that, make sure they go to the walk around, make sure they turn the wheel because it gives them a focal point to start that conversation. When they get out of the car and they start doing the walk around, right to the tire, and then I get to start that conversation with the client. So were any of these guys technicians in the past? They were both techs. Ah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to – look, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. But one of the hardest things – and I, I've seen it and people used to tell me all the time. One of the hardest transitions is going from a technician to an advisor. I admire those who have done it. I admire those who – because it takes a lot of will. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of sacrifice, right? And the reason why is because to so many technicians, you've seen it, man. You've seen it time and time again. Technicians are like, look, it's what they need. Look, it's broken. Fix it. It's not that hard. You see it broken. Yeah. You see the need. The fluid is old. I mean, it's common sense. They get annoyed because it's like, this is common sense. Broken, fix. Well, technicians, I think we do a couple of things. Because I, you know, so I was a tech. Everybody, if you don't know, I was a tech for 15 years. Became an advisor. And, uh... You know, so one thing we over-explain, we, we make, we confuse people and we make them feel stupid, yeah. right? We want to be smart. We spent 20 years in this business. I got $50,000 worth of tools. Let me tell you how smart I am, right? Yeah. But you, you, people don't, people don't want that. They don't right. want you to confuse them. It sounds like BS. Right. Um. So, you know, if you're, if you're in that position, stop trying to explain things yeah. and get technical. Yeah. Um. And then the other thing is they they get kind of indignant about things. They get very abrupt. It's like, yeah, why don't you, you know, come on, dummy, you need this. You know, so it's like, and customers don't respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. I remember being one time. And so we had, I, I had an, a technician who came out and, and he did exactly that, which is, you know that, right? Yep. Check engine lights on. Oh, you know, I've seen plenty of times on this, on this car. It's probably just a PCV valve. Right. Cheap. No worries. We'll figure it out. I'll let you know. But I'm bet you it's a PCV valve. It'll take me no time. You come back, oh yeah. Well, it wasn't a PCV valve; it was a torque converter, and it's going to be three grand. What? You just told me it was a PCV valve, right? Right, and yeah. and, and it's like, oh yeah, I did that, and you're over there going, no man, you should let it be. You cool. don't say anything. <laughs> you don't say, yeah, like, your check engine light could be an abundance of things. It could right. be anything, right? right? It could be a loose gas cap all the way to a torque converter. We don't know. Yeah, let let my guys in the back check it out, be thorough, and we'll give you a full report on what it is. Right. Right, because they'll get locked into that thing too. They go, "Well, no, that guy said it was this." Right, right. Like I want that fix, the that cheap cor- one, the inexpensive is, one. You're trying to rip me off. Now. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you got to be careful. I mean, it's you're not trying to hoodwink people, but what you are trying to do is make sure that that you you know you 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 don't you don't uh, you don't break trust right away. You want to start to develop that trust, and you got to be careful with what you communicate. And so there are times when technicians have a tendency to over-explain over communicate and they run into that situation and diagnose in the drive shotgun diagnose in the drive and those all those things are super dangerous um, i was telling those guys a story today i i remember i was i was a i was an advisor and i was struggling and so i thought well what do i need to do i'm not a salesperson i i need to learn how to be a salesperson so i picked the best salesperson in the showroom selling cars and i go over there and i go uh, and I said, Hey, the guy's name was Hendrick. And I said, Hendrick, can you do me a favor? Uh, I really, uh, I, I really want to learn how to close. And he goes, what? And I said, I want to learn how to close. I, I feel like I'm just not a good closer. And he said, no, he goes, I watched you. That's not your problem. I'll tell you what your problem is. 
and I go, oh, okay, tell me what my problem is. And he, he goes, he goes, look, he says, I take a customer out on a test drive and they're going to ask me all kinds of questions. What's a horsepower? What's a gas mileage? What's my payment going to be? What's the interest rate? How much do I have to put down? What's the months? What's the lease rate? What's the money factor? You know, but he, he goes, the list goes on and on and on and on. And he said, now some of this stuff I might know. I might know some of these things, or maybe I think I know, or I have a good idea of what that would be. But, you know, I don't know their credit. I'm not running their credit in my head. How am I going to get them a payment? So he said, so you got to be dumb on the test drive. He says, because if I answer all their questions or try to, and I get it wrong, I'm going to break trust. If, if I get it right, then why do they need to come back in and sit at the desk? And so they're going to leave. And he said, so I don't really get a chance to help them. They're there to buy a car. I'm not trying to, to to trick them into it, but at the same time, I'm there to help them make that decision, right? And so he said, that's your problem. You explain too much. You spend too much time talking about it, and uh, and you need – you can't do that. You're there to help them and get the car in the shop. You start doing that, and he says, you'll find you'll sell a lot more stuff You know, if you just back off this, this, the details. Um, and that's what I started doing, and it changed everything. From then on, it made it way easier for me to – to uh to sell you know to to sell service work you know to customers so tell me why don't you share with us give me three things that you would say to a fellow technician who's an advisor or fellow person who's an introvert or whatnot what are three takeaways that they can apply tomorrow that could help them amplify the connectivity between them and the consumer Mm -hmm. right and really help their sales so, um, one, I think you said they'll do the walk around, do the walk around to take well, the me, opportunity. Let me, let me just start with the first thing. The major oh, yeah. thing Let's is, do it. um, Napoleon Hill says that you are a product of your thoughts. Whatever you think about is your reality, right? And so if you think you're not a salesperson, you think that that's only some for people who are born with the skill, then automatically you're doomed. That the one, the first thing I would tell you is if you struggle with any of this, you can learn to be better. You can learn skills. You can read books. You can master different things. You can learn it. So that's the first thing I would say. Number two is you got to do the like, the opportunity to communicate and in a way in which it's about something that you're comfortable with. I know cars. I know how to work on cars. Talking about cars is easy for me. And so doing the walk around, skipping the walk around is a huge mistake. And I see it all the time. Do not waste that precious time you have to bond with that customer and kind of break the ice um i'm going to give you four because that one is like a overarching thing okay um so i would say that's that's one i think um two is you know do your best to plant seeds when you're out at the car and not try to cold pitch when you're at the desk right when you're at the computer you know, hey, it looks like it might be due for some maintenance. Oh, it looks like you might need an alignment. You know, your tire's feathering a little bit. Let's check the computer and see when the last time you had one. You know, kind of talk about those things because you're planting seeds. It's going to make your life easier if you decide to pitch them at the desk. Um, the third thing I would say or a fourth is you uh, you don't always have to pitch up front. So that's the other misnomer that, I think a lot of a lot of young advisors and guys that were techs, 
that become advisors get caught up in because they'll watch that guy. They'll watch the Jair down the lane, and he's just like – he's just closing, putting marks on the board, selling you know services and, and having a great time. Just boom, boom, boom. He's closing them down, and then you want to be that guy, right? You want to be part of that. But the problem is sometimes cold pitching can be difficult for people who who are introverts. That's something you have to kind of grow into. So the other way of selling is to um, is to let the technician come back with the report. Now you know it's going to be due for a brake fluid service or a coolant service or a tire rotation or whatever it is, but you can wait for the technician to come back with a multi point. You can sell it based on that. Hey, the tech came back. And here are the things that he's recommending. So you don't necessarily always have, in order to be successful, always have to pitch up front. Now, it's better for the shop and for the techs and everything if you can sell ahead of time and you can grow into that. But in the beginning, if you're struggling with that, go back to basics, right? Just let the tech deliver to it and deliver it to you. You deliver that information to the customer based on that. Those three things I'm telling you are four Four things. Think of Napoleon Hill. But um, those will help you immensely. Well, this has been really good. This is good stuff. I mean, we learned a lot. We did a lot. This is good. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's been fun. It's good content. Good, interesting day today. And I think uh, hopefully we shared a couple of nuggets you guys can use to make your lives better. There you go. Thanks. Thanks, G-Man. Next time. Thanks, Coach Jake.